Hello and welcome to the Beyond the Cusp podcast, your place for raising body confident and body aware daughters, teaching our girls all the things we wish we were taught and more. I'm Melina, mother to three, wife and founder of Beyond the Cusp Workshops to empower your daughter to be comfortable with her first period, understand her menstrual cycle and welcome her into becoming a young woman. Each week, we'll be speaking about ways to empower our girls to love and trust their bodies like never before. Thanks for being with me. Let's get into it. On this week's episode, I speak to Amanda Stokes. Amanda Stokes is an educator, presenter, author, and mother to three, and the founder of Raising Strong Daughters. Her new book, The Tween Mother's Toolbook, Raising Strong Daughters, is a practical, easy-to-use, activity-based guide that covers moods, friendship, self-acceptance, and so much more. For more information, you can head to her website, www.raisingstrongdaughters.com.au, or follow her on Instagram at raisingstrongdaughters underscore for daily parenting advice. So hello, Amanda. I am so happy to have you on the podcast this week. I'm really looking forward to what you have to say about raising strong daughters and um, I'm hoping to learn a few things as well. So welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this conversation. Right. <laughs> um, so first of all, I, I really find it important that as, or as, people but especially as women we notice things within our bodies and we listen to our bodies and this is something that I like to try to teach to my children as well. So my first question to you today is what is one thing you love to do to honour or nourish your own body? So I like to say nice things about it because for me I battled a 20-year eating disorder that nobody knew about, that I only came out about three years ago when I was 42. And I did a lot of unlearning during my recovery. And I had to create a whole new relationship with myself. And one of the things that connected with me the most was the way I speak about my body becomes the way my daughters speak about their bodies. And so even in those early days where I didn't believe it, out loud I would say wonderful things about my body so that my kids could hear. And over time I came to believe all of those things. And for me, when I'm having a day where I'm not feeling great, I compensate for that feeling by saying something positive to myself, by smiling at myself in the mirror. Every morning when I wake up, I sit on the toilet, opposite the toilet's the mirror, and I always smile at myself because I think there's gratitude in realising that you get to do a whole new day and some people don't get the chance. So that's how I nourish myself. That is beautiful. I absolutely love that. And um, yeah, I can, I can, I understand what you're saying as well, because I think, you know, we've all struggled with a lot of our body images and yeah, I'm the same. I've got the toilet and the mirror opposite and I've written, I am enough on my, yeah. on my mirror. So yeah. um, are you you're familiar with Louise Hayes work? 
I do know her name and I'm sure I know some things, but it's not something that's on the top of my, not at the top of my head. Yes. So she's written a book called um, Heal Your Life. Yeah. Which is all about affirmations and how we speak to ourselves. And yeah, yeah. So you just reminded me of, of that, of her work and just yeah. how, how, how beautiful it is to speak to ourselves in such a nourishing way. Yeah. yeah. And for your daughters to hear that, that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It's important. Yes. Yes. I must say I've been, I've been conscious not to say negative things, but yeah. saying positive things. Yeah. Replacing that with positive affirmations is, yeah. um, is taking it to the next level. So absolutely. You, you have to lead with compassion. Mm-hmm. You know, everything that happens in your life can be a disaster or it can be a lesson. And it's always about the lens that you choose to view the world. And what I try and instill in my kids is that you get to choose which lens you put on. Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody can make you do that. That's, that's a choice. Yes, absolutely. I love that. Thank you for sharing. That's okay. <laughs> uh, so what is one thing you wish you knew before you became a mother? I wish I'd known that it wasn't all it's cracked up to be. Um, I went into parenting thinking I was going to be a natural, thinking it was going to be easy. I I thought I'd be amazing at it. Um, From a very young age, I believed I'd be amazing at it. And then I had a child who I couldn't put down for the first three months. And all of my friends, I had a, a group of friends that had babies at the same time and they had ones who slept and who fed well and who didn't cry all the time. And here was me with a broken child thinking, this is not what I thought it was going to be. And, and I remember going to my one of my first mother's group and I said, this is really hard. And all of these women in the group we're like, oh my God, I'm so glad to hear that. And so glad it's not just me because people don't talk about the struggle. And I think if I had known that it was really, really hard and that it's okay not to enjoy some parts of it, that would have made it a lot easier for me because I didn't love, I mean, I look at, at that people with babies and, you know, I get that yearning in my gut to have one, but I don't really want another one. And I don't really miss that time. And, um, yeah, I, I wish I'd known that it was, it was hard and that that was okay. Yeah. I relate to everything you just said. Yeah. yeah. Including the three months, couldn't put the baby down, would be yeah. screaming for hours sometimes. And yeah, just the intensity. Yeah. yeah. I had, I had the, the, um, hairdryer on one night for hours trying to create some white noise somebody told me that there was a cd you could buy so i went out and bought it luckily i didn't ruin my hairdryer but you know it's those desperate times where you just need to find a way to cope i remember i remember one day thinking terrible thoughts um, that I was never going to act on. But I remember thinking, you know, what sort of a person am I to, to be feeling these things? And I think it's normal. You know, it's normal to have pretty rough times in, in those beginning stages. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And it doesn't get spoken about enough. No. I think there's still this uh, thought that you go into it and everything will be blissful and yeah. and and it's not. And you kind of don't want to burst the bubble of the first time pregnant woman, but yeah. you do want to say it's okay if you feel yeah. like you're not enjoying this all the time. Yeah, that's and, right. Mm, yeah. yeah I, I relate so much, so much to that. Yeah. Yeah. So has parenting changed you in any way? And, and how, have you, how have you found parenting more as your children have grown a bit older going into the tween years? Has that changed you much? Well, I have been a, a teacher since 2002. When I went into teaching, uh, all of my colleagues, all of the, the other graduates were reading books on how to teach maths and how to help kids write essays. I was reading parenting books. And from way back then, I knew that it was more important that I understood kids from the inside out. When I was at school, I didn't have teachers who I believed thought I was very smart. Um, I wasn't good at maths, I was average at everything and I felt that. And so when I went into teaching, I wanted to be the teacher that I had needed when I was growing up. So with my kids now at that tween age, I feel like I've been training for this moment my entire life. Um, what I found so challenging in those early years was that I couldn't reason with them. Um, I couldn't communicate the way... I really wanted to communicate with them and I now finally can. And so I love it. I feel like this is my time mm -hmm. with them. Good. I really do. Yeah, that's, that's great. And like just looking at you now too, I can see, see how vibrant you are <laughs> speaking about this. Yeah. 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 Oh, that, that's amazing. You, you, you must have a lot of fun too, I think. Do you? Look, I, another thing I want to normalise, I, I don't play with my kids all the time and I don't always feel like playing hide and seek or, or doing things, but I'm there for the important times. You know, if my kids come and say, Mum, can we have a private chat? I'm there, phones down, I am giving them my full attention. But um, I'm, I'm not some super fun mum who's always setting up obstacle courses in the house or doing things like that because I don't have the energy for that. And I also believe in my own self-care and that self-care often means I need to do some things for me as well. So we do have fun, but, you know, I wouldn't want anyone who isn't doing all of these amazing things to think that they're unusual because I'm not doing all of those things either. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And thank yeah. you for clarifying that too, because it is exhausting and yeah. sometimes you just can't be bothered. <laughs> it's, well, it's that whole thing. You can't fill from an empty cup. You know, I, I am very passionate about the work I'm doing at the moment and that requires that I need time for me to do some of those things. And I, I don't hold on to mum guilt. I think a lot of mums hold on to a guilt if you haven't done enough or, you know, I do not hold on to that. I, I believe that your kids will, if you are there when, when they need you, 
and you are caring for them on an emotional level, then I think if you haven't played all the things they wanted to play with you that day, they're going to be okay, you know. I, I feel like we need to release some of that uh, guilt. Yes, yes, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so raising strong daughters. So tell me yeah. a bit about where this came from and what does raising strong daughters mean to you? Okay, so there's a little bit of a story behind it. So originally it was the mirror movement. Um, and that was when I came out about my 20-year battle with an eating disorder that I noticed I was impacting my then six-year-old around her relationship with food and her body. And at that time, I knew that if that was my story, if I had struggled in that way, then it was the story of lots of people and it wasn't being spoken about. You know, I'm, I'm a very well-educated um, person and if that was my reality then I had to give it a voice and so I started the mirror movement which was about our daughters mirroring what they saw in us and I worked on that for a couple of years and it was all about helping mums overcome their own issues with uh, their body image so that they could be better mirror models for their daughters. Now, what I discovered during that time is that people felt like, I think women felt like they were admitting to doing something negative. And so people wouldn't come to my events. And I was sitting there thinking, I've got such an important message. You know, whenever somebody did turn up, they would always say to me, wow, there were so many things I didn't even think about. Um, you know, everybody should be here listening to this, but they weren't. And I sat there thinking, how have I got this message that I can't, people aren't listening to? And so at the start of this year, I decided that I had to give it one more shot, but I knew that I had to twist my message. So I started these workshops called Strong Women Raising Strong Girls, and they sold out. And body image became one component of a much greater picture. Um, and so we swapped it up to, switched it up to Raising Strong Daughters, and now people are listening. Um, so it's been, it's been a long story. That's the long story short. Not sure how short that was. Um, but I think that we need to raise girls who really know themselves. For me, self-awareness is a really big one. When my daughter says to me, somebody made her do it or somebody made her so angry, you know, I, I talk to them about that taking away your power and you have to know your challenges and you have to know the things that trigger you and, and you have to have methods and ways to overcome them because I think we can all think of grown-ups who lack that self-awareness and it needs to be taught. And so uh, Raising Strong Daughters is about empowering our girls to really understand themselves on a deep level um, and communicating with them so that the message is when we know better, we can be better. Beautiful. I love that. And I, I love that you started with your story. And I'm, I'm getting 
I'm getting this a lot more where I think as mothers in our generation, we have these stories that we don't want to pass on. And yeah. so we're breaking the cycle. Yeah. And it's that sort of healing the seven ger- generations before Absolutely. us and seven generations behind. And yeah. I, I kind of didn't grasp that concept until I sat in it myself and thought, this yeah. is actually what I am doing as well. So, yeah. Yeah, and I, I totally agree. These, all of these things should be taught. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's kind of like the, the boys of the family or the sons have been empowered to use their power. Yes. But, to stand in their power. But girls have not had that education or that um, almost indoctrinate. Well, the learning by osmosis, I suppose. Yeah. So this is wonderful what you're doing. I'm... Yeah. Yeah. Because whenever a girl does stand in her power, somebody says, no, not like that. Mm-hmm. Not so much. Yeah. Tone it down a bit. So, yeah, girls receive a lot of messages that... I guess um, depower them is depower the opposite of empower. <laughs> so yeah, we we need to change the message. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm so happy that by tweaking something, you were able to reach more people. And I, f- yeah. I do find it interesting that there was almost a shame about owning that you've got body images and you yeah yeah and and by tweaking it you have been able to reach more, which is just so wonderful and so helpful, I think, to so yes. many people. Yeah, I hope so. And I've just remembered it's disempower, disempower. is the word. That's the teacher in me. I wouldn't have slept tonight if I hadn't <laughs> come up with that. Disempower, yes. yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. Thank you. <laughs> so, well, this will be interesting with your teacher background then. So you might you might have really noticed things in the last last little while so what challenges do you see tweens facing that we as parents may not be so much aware of um, nowadays and how do we become more um, empathetic to those challenges how do we kind of get onto their level where we can understand well i think a starting point to getting on their level is to remember what it was like to be their age I feel like so often when we become a parent, we forget what it was like um, because suddenly we're in this role where we like the beds made every day and we like a clean kitchen. We weren't always like that. And so uh, I feel like we have to get back to thinking about who we were when we were younger. Um, I think for what I have noticed when I first began teaching friendship issues grade four was around the time that friendship issues were were beginning these days it's happening as early as grade two um and i i feel like kids are kids have more access to technology their role models are people on youtube and uh, families that are YouTubers and so our kids get this idea very early on that they want to be famous and that they want to be you know have all of these followers and all of these likers and without really understanding what all of that is about um, I mean there are so many things going on for kids they want what everybody else has got there are all of these parents who are trying to be friends with their kids instead of staying the grown-up and 
so kids have more than than they need and then our kids are saying well everyone else is doing it there there are a lot of things that our our girls are dealing with um i guess what we need to do is remember when we i remember everyone had a surf brand of clothing that i wanted when i was growing up i wasn't a surfer chick but everyone was dressed like the surface so you know i wanted the same brands as well so i think helping our kids not be like everybody else and understanding that celebrity isn't the most desirable thing that they can want to achieve in their lives and I think girls are also struggling with body image from a younger age because I think for a lot of them, puberty is happening earlier. So helping them navigate that time and realise, helping them realise that in a garden, all the flowers bloom at different times, but they all bloom. Um, so staying on top of that stuff and, you know, advocating for them so chatting to your family to say to them please don't comment on her body I, I well I know we know she's going through puberty please don't talk about her body please don't comment on it you know just thinking about all the ways you can protect them on one hand but on the other hand empowering them to handle those things when they come up in their lives that was a lot of stuff I just said <laughs> Yeah, that it makes total sense. And just remembering, yeah, there's so many things that we we do forget. Like I look at my nine year old daughter who has a, you know, she just she drops everything around, leaves things lying around, which I get frustrated with. Yeah. When I do remember, I used to do the same thing. Yeah. And I remember one time, my my older brother, he's like nine years older than me. He got angry at me. I think I would have been like. 20 maybe, I don't know, 10 or 11. And he threw my stuff over the neighbor's fence. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, I remember those things because I yeah. used to do the, do the same thing. So, yeah, yeah, thinking about that and, and helping her through that or, or letting it go myself or, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, just picking your battles. And, and I have a, a challenge with my husband because I think he was born a perfect person. You know, I have to remind him sometimes, did you skip childhood? Like, can you not remember what it was like to be that age? Mm. Because you have to draw on that memory, mm. you know, because we can't expect our kids to be miniature grown-ups because they're not. Yeah, yes. Yeah, and I think we tend to forget too because they there is all that this adult things that they've got at at their yeah. fingertips. Yeah, yeah, mm. it's yeah. a it's an interesting time. But I know one of the the things in in my book is there's a whole section on trying to think back to what you were like and sharing that with your child so that they can relate to you. Because when you're just this grown-up that does everything perfectly, you're a bit hard to relate to as a kid. Yes. Yes, that's, that's right. And one of the things that I bring up in my workshops as well is sharing, sharing our stories about when we were younger. So 100%. Drawing on that to help them move through puberty as well. To yeah. Make them realise we've been through the same thing. So, yeah. Yeah, looking at, looking at other sides of of childhood and being more 
compassionate towards them. Yeah, I say be who you needed when you were younger. You know, if you felt like your parents didn't understand you or you felt like they were too hard on you around certain things, think about that and then be be better, yeah. you know, do it differently. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, again, breaking that cycle. Exactly right. Yes. So tell me more about your tell me more about your book. So what's I'm I'm so excited to to hear about the book and what you've got yes. in there. So yeah. So yeah, so the book is based on the workshops that I was running earlier in the year. Uh, it's called The Tween Mother's Toolbook, Raising Strong Daughters. And I wrote it because I had to refund all of my workshops when lockdown happened. And I sat through the first round of lockdown feeling completely deflated. And, you know, I was thinking, how typical is this? I finally get things back on track. And I've got sold out events to the end of May and then COVID happens. And it really, um, it really got me down for that first bit of time. And we had a month where we were not in lockdown. And I caught up with a girlfriend who had been to one of my workshops with her daughter just before we went uh, into lockdown. And she said that she and her daughter had used some of my worksheets while they were in isolation. And she said it really lifted their mood and it was great for bonding. And in that moment, I said to her, I'm going to turn it into a book. And so I did. So it's an activity-based guide for mums. Uh, there is a, a package of the activities that you can print out for those people that don't like writing in a book, but it's lots of reflecting for mums, lots of reflecting on your own childhood um, and lots of activities that promote effective communication and that enhance that connection uh, with your daughter. So for me, it's, um, it's a really powerful book because it's helping our daughters become self-aware. Uh, there are sections where after there's been an outburst, you do a little activity, which is a bit like restorative practice that they use in schools after an incident, where mother and daughter both fill out uh, what happened, what they could do differently next time. And then there's a little thing at the end saying, you know, we're all trying our best and I love you. And, you know, it's just a, a nice way to sort of round it off and say, let's start fresh. So there's lots of, lots of that stuff in there. That sounds amazing. I mean, I hope so. The fact that you can admit as a mother as well, that I can do things better as well. I make mistakes. Yeah. yeah. And yeah that's just yeah amazing just the, so it, it's all about role modeling for your daughter and if we don't show that we have things we struggle with then how do we expect them to cope with challenges yeah. so we have to be wrong sometimes we have to say sorry we have to we have to show that we're always learning yes yeah oh beautiful so amazing. So once um, the lockdown hopefully lifts very, very soon, will you be running workshops again? Absolutely. 
Good. Absolutely. I can't wait. Um, I might change the name of it to sort of suit the, the title of the book a little bit more, but I will absolutely be hitting the road with the workshops because I miss it so much. I, I tried to run a couple of online ones at the very beginning, but talking to yourself for an hour and not having that interaction with other people just wasn't the same. Right. Yes. There is yeah. something about being in person that, yeah. And especially as women. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was listening to a podcast quite a while ago, actually, and they were talking about how necessary it is for women to actually meet in groups. Yeah. Our cortisol levels. Yeah. Okay. So it's um, whereas men don't require that same bonding women, yeah women do and actually yeah. does have effects on our stress levels so yeah yeah there is a, there is a lot to be said for meeting together absolutely and especially i think for our daughters to realize that they that this is this is an important part of their self-care as well yeah to, to do things like this and whenever i say in a workshop hands up if you felt um if you felt self-conscious in front of people and and they put their hands up and they they're looking around the room and they realize that everyone's feeling it mm. you know our girls feel like they are the only ones and we have to give them opportunities to see that it is perfectly normal it's normal to feel all of those things yes yes none and of it has not been felt before yeah and to learn that at a young age especially before you go into high school where things yeah. seem to be like everybody's looking at me and everybody yeah. is worrying what I'm doing. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That well, I, feels the same. <laughs> I was at the park the other day with my 10 year old and she said to me, if there are other people there, I'm probably not going to go on the equipment. And I said, have a look around. I said, tell me what everyone here is doing. She said, they're playing on stuff. I said, is anyone going to care if you're doing that too? Mm. You know, you have to realize that everyone is, too busy thinking about themselves to worry about you and that was something that that took me until my 40s to grasp and I refused to have her walk that same path that I walked you know I am clearing a very different path for her to walk mm -hmm. and that's uh, you probably think the same but I think our girls have got a big role to play with what's coming ahead with you know society so yeah. having them be empowered yes as they go through these teen years especially will um will really clear the path yeah for, for what's to come for them yeah definitely mm. so how do we find your book where can we find this so my book is available on my website raisingstrongdaughters.com.au um, and I think it's on Amazon, but the best place to get it would be from raisingstrongdaughters.com.au. Brilliant. And I'll have all your links on the show notes so everyone can just go straight there and support. Fantastic. You. And will you and have your details for workshops on there when they become available as well? I certainly will. So at the moment it says everything's postponed due to COVID, but when we are up and running, all of the information will be on there as well. And so you're in Mornington and Melbourne. Will you take these elsewhere as well? Is that the, or they'll be keeping to Melbourne at this point? 
Uh, no, I, I am going all over Victoria. I had lots of workshops all over Victoria. My dream bigger goal is to go into state and then to take on the world because I think you got to dream big. <laughs> but, yeah, we will start with, with Victoria and then I would love to bring them to different states as well. Brilliant. Oh, that's very exciting. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. I've really, really enjoyed our, our chat and I can't wait to, to see you dream, your dream come to reality. And when you come up to Northern New South Wales, I'd love to attend your workshop as well. And Fantastic. I, I thank you for the opportunity today and I look forward to seeing you at a workshop. Yes, absolutely. All right. Bye for now. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond the Cusp podcast. If you'd like to know more about Beyond the Cusp workshops and join in more conversations, come and join me on Instagram and Facebook under Beyond the Cusp. And if you found this helpful, I'd love if you could rate and review this podcast and share it with someone else in your life who you would think could benefit. I look forward to seeing you next time.